Now broadcasting live on Ustream or direct to your portable device. From Martin Road Studios, BaggedAndBoard.com presents the Bagged and Boardcast. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. Drink my beer. It's good. It doesn't work if you're not wearing a mariachi suit. Uh, what? Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. That is crazy. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Begging Broadcast, episode number 93. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a almost weekly podcast that comes to you in four ways every week. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, which brings you the books for the books we're looking forward to for August 31st. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating topic. This week, um, we're actually saying goodbye to the DC Universe, because we're heading into the DCNU. So we're going to be taking a look back and uh, seeing the stuff we're going to be missing out on, things that were never resolved, maybe uh, what we're looking forward to changing yeah. in this week's main topic. Which is weird, because when we first talked about this, I'm like, yeah, sure, we don't want to do this later. <laughs> like, at some point, like, closer to it. Like, you know, it like, was, maybe the 24th, right before the DCNU. It was fate. <laughs> it was. Oh, life. Gets in the way. Gets in the way of us doing a movie fix for this week. <laughs> well, I, I've seen a movie recently I could I talk about. I saw a movie I can talk about, too. I have not. We could do we could do mini movie picks. Mini movie hey, picks. Mini movie picks. Um, I just saw uh, thirty minutes or less. And I saw Fright Night. So we're gonna throw you a curveball. We're gonna talk about a couple things. Hey, we got it. And maybe by the time we get there, I'll get drunk enough to figure out what I'm going to talk about. Hey, hey. and so talking about getting drunk. That was a good segue. <laughs> I was getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't step all over his segues, Chris. No, you can't, because I step all over yours. You do. <laughs> I step over everything. Like Daddy Longlegs. Really Godzilla. <laughs> yes. But uh, this is not a Godzilla. This is a Bengali Tiger. It's brewed by Six Point Craft Ales out of Brooklyn, New York. They've been established since 2004, so you know they have a long storied history. They're older than... I guess, um... Most of my girlfriends. <laughs> yes! <laughs> wow. But, um... This is supposedly... Has a multi-cadence... Multi-cadence, a wave of bitterness... And giant paws of citrus, pine, and resin. You guys picking that up? Um... You get the citrus. You get the citrus. Instead of resin, it has like a honey... Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, like, nose to it. Honey nose. I like the nose a lot more than the actual flavor. Once you get into it, you you do really like. I, at first, I, I was kind of like hit or miss with it, but I'm enjoying it as I'm drinking it. Like I'm getting more mm-hmm. into it. I do kind of get the pine more now too, though. Now after like having yeah. heard that, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting more of the resin. Hmm. Subliminal marketing. <laughs> but uh, this is something that we picked up just because it caught our eye. And, uh, yeah. Chris and I were at the store uh, earlier today after picking up our comic books because we're nerds. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it comes in a four-pack of 16-ounce cans, or a pint can, and it's completely stylized. Like, uh, the can itself is a it's beautiful p- silver. It's like propaganda almost, yeah, looking at it. It's like propaganda art in its way. It's, 
it's very uh, uh, iconic in the thing. Every all their beers have a different like icon basically inside their circles um, that say what kind of beer it is, and then they have you know it's like a logo, yeah, a logo for each one. This has a you know looks like the face of a Bengali tiger, I imagine. Yeah, and uh, even the bar up to the barcode is very you know graphic or uh, orientized, where it looks like somewhat the skyline of New York City. Yeah, you, you can definitely there. see the Statue of Liberty in it. and They tried to make one the Sears, or not the Sears Tower, but the Empire State it's, Building. It looks like the Empire State Building. It's very stylized. I don't know, I, I like it. And that's kind of what jumped off the uh, mm-hmm. the shelf at us, is because it stood out amongst all the other beers that were on that shelf there. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, I think they had, like, what, four different varieties there? Yes. And we were just kind of like a block of these nice, clean-looking boxes all next to each other. Mm-hmm. What is the price point for a four pack? Nine forty nine. All right, so it's a little, it's a, little, it's. I mean, it's on the pricier end for a four pack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, but you get a full pint. You Normally, get, yeah. you get twelve point something ounces. Yeah, yeah, we each. I mean, we poured three glasses, and we all had full glasses. Yeah. For a four pack, so this is out of, you know, out of two cans. Out of two cans, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is around the same price point as a Guinness, really. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, what? It's like six ninety nine for a four pack of Murphy's. Guinness is a little bit more expensive. Guinness, yeah. is it? Guinness is eight ninety nine to nine ninety nine, depending on what store you're at. And what well, I always thought it was about seven ninety nine. No, that's Beamish. Beamish. Because Murphy's. I usually buy it. I usually buy Murphy's. And then Guinness is the most expensive, just because of the brand name. Um, I'm not particularly loving it. Here's the thing, though. Like, there's better beers. I, I had. You know, there are better beers that we've had, but the. Emptier my glass gets, the more I'm kind of like, I, the more I enjoy it. I, I every sip, I like it more and more. Yeah, but is and, it leaving uh, those stripes? You know, I, that the package I get has. that good like hoppy bitterness on my tongue. Like it, it lingers. Uh, I like I, that. I am, I am really liking this to a point where after the next beer, if I like that, I want to go out and get those other two. Yeah, beers. there's. Yeah, we picked up the Bengali and also the Righteous Ale. Yeah, there was also a sweet, crisp lager. Yeah, the crisp that was a lager, and then the sweet. Sweet notes or is. sweetness yeah. or something sweet, something. Yeah. So uh, I I picked, I picked up some beer because I thought it was my week. Mm-hmm. So maybe next week uh, I'll pick up the other two. Talking about should we head right into the week in geek and talk about whose beer week it's going to have to be? Let's talk about it because uh, a beer bet is going to have to be settled soon with the some uh, bag and broadcast summer movie blockbuster bracket buster. First time I've ever screwed that up. This is the last time I've ever talked about Honestly, you can't tell me screw up because it's so random. A back and board cast summer movie blockbuster movie bracket buster. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a ridiculous they, name that makes us laugh every time. It, it just it doesn't matter how you say it, it sounds right. It's all over. Uh Aaron, way to go. You win. This is you winning. This is what you get. A round of applause from me. It's a slow <laughs> clap. Uh, look, unfortunately, you're not up here to witness John buying us beer and chugging a full tilt. And it's a tilt bet, too. So. It's a tilt bet. Uh, but if I, I have to say, Paul said our beer bet before even this uh-huh. was if we had had... Um, Breckenridge. Breckenridge on the podcast. Brewery. Before the time that I said we had it then I would uh, have it as a beer bet. And you said, 
you were right, we haven't had it. And I said, okay, that's beer bet. And you go, oh, no, you got to prove it. <laughs> I, I, I said, oh, yes, you're right, I didn't, we haven't had it. I said, no. you just need to find out when we had the at, uh, what is it, at water? At, I don't know. Something, the vanilla something porter from that. See, you don't even know. Yeah, because you're so good. <laughs> you come up with that episode, and then I will gladly pay back mm, this beer bet. I don't know. He said that I was right. Which... Mm. I don't remember. I, I you said, oh, you're right, we never had the bread I don't think which. we... No, I said, I don't think we had, because I think it might have been this at water. So if you find the episode we had that, then I'll gladly do it. Mm. Because you've never went back and listened to any of the episodes. I have, too! <laughs> I've listened to quite a few. But almost, have you ever gone back? That was a, almost all of them. I actually did. Oh, I, we gotta go back. We gotta go back. I went back, um... I went back a while ago and started re-listening to a lot of them. Especially our early ones, because I... When we had problems with it, I went back and restarted listening to one of our early ones. When we went... When we got back up on iTunes. And we have a backup on iTunes. But back to... John, you ended with, what, six points? Six points. Chris and I tied with seven points. Yay, we're not losers. <laughs> and we also tied with Ethan with seven points, putting us all tied for second and or fifth place. Or And what, uh, you said and Aaron had like 13? Aaron had 13. <laughs> so he blew us all out of the water. Yeah, but, you know, by a good six points. <laughs> uh, we were, it all came down to whether or not Spy Kids and also Fright Night would overtake... Their competitors, Cowboys versus Aliens, and um, Rise of the Apes, respectively. And uh, if that would have happened, then I could have sw- you know swung into victory. But unfortunately, they right. made no money. Rise of the Apes surprising everyone. Like they actually doing better than I thought it was going to. Fifty-four million in its first week. Cowboys and Aliens only made thirty-six million, but that was enough to hold off the year. The illustrious eleven million that kid, uh, Spy Kids was able to make, and also this paltry seven million that Fright Night was able to make. And when I did make up the bracket, I did say that Fright Night was more about us, Batman Mordcast choice to be put on the bracket. What does that say about us? <laughs> it, it's like, honestly, if Cowboys and Aliens went like up, up against Smurfs, Smurfs would have won, and that's the surprise kid movie. Which- Honestly, summer, uh, and I was hoping it was going to. Be I had I had this sneaking suspicion that Cowboys and Aliens wasn't going to do insanely well, though. Yeah, I we're too inside the bubble. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Green Lantern was going to do as well as it did. Unfortunately, I thought um, Super Eight was going to do a lot better. I so think a I, lot of us thought Super Eight was going to do a lot better. I, I saw that as kind of being the next Cloverfield, honestly. Yeah, but if we look at profit, fifty million spent. I'm making Super 8. So it's made its money. Yeah. 200 million made, you know, spent on making Green Lantern. We're a little bit rocky on it making its money back, other than, the, you know, the foreign market, which it will make its money. And then DVD. And, yeah. I mean, plus yeah. you have all the um, licensing stuff, all the toys. They have not, like, every time I'm in Target, the clearance section is filled with those Green Lantern toys. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh. It hurts sometimes. It does. But, you know, I'm, I'm safe, you know, with my thought that at least it wasn't a horrible movie. Yeah, but it wasn't. I mean, there's still talk of them doing a sequel. 
Well, they've written the sequel. They're still stalking about yeah. actually putting it into production, though. Yeah, I mean, because um, after the movie, they said it like it was dead, they weren't going to do it, and now there's talk of them doing yeah. it, so... Because so it came back like, maybe not. That whole first movie was a setup for the second movie. They have to do a second movie. Uh, were there any big surprises for you guys on the bracket? I know, John, you said you were picking the movies you would like to see. Were you surprised by how well you did? You were only like one point away from the rest of the pack. We all kind of fell. Mm, I don't. I don't think so. Range. I think. Um, I think the biggest thing that surprised me was second week of Harry Potter dropping like sixty percent. Mm-hmm. And um, like I, I, I thought it was going to be a big movie, but I wasn't. I was really surprised how well. Um, Transformers. No. Uh, Rise of the Apes. No, the Hangover Part oh, Two okay. did. Yeah, in four weeks it made two hundred and thirty-three million. No. And then four weeks, Harry Potter made three three hundred and forty-two point eight million. And then what I thought was really surprising was uh, Transformers. It made three hundred and twenty-five point eight million. So it was actually quite close between yeah. Transformers and Harry Potter. Yeah. And we were all like Harry Potter steamrolling. There's yeah. no way that any movie is going to come close. And Transformers three came pretty close. After four weeks of each being open, and, and here's the thing though, like I've seen all the Transformers movies in the theaters, like even the third one, except for the third yeah, one. Okay, because like you didn't call fantasy. No, I, I I didn't see. I it. didn't get to see it. Either. I still haven't seen it. Me either. Like, and you know what? I saw Harry Potter three times in the theaters. I still want to see it again. Well, you're the one that made that extra twenty million for I don't Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Just me it got the Chris Roy bump. <laughs> but um, I'm surprised Cars two didn't do. Mm-hmm. Better, like I really thought that one was going to be the, the one to beat. Like I was kind of worried about Cars Two taking on Harry Potter. I, I thought it was going to be up there as like the top three movie, the, you know, like mm-hmm. at least the third of the summer, well, just because of from when the first one came out to now, the toys are still selling. Yeah, yeah. you know they have all these great marketing stuff with with the toys. Like they have those wooden trains from. Um, Fisher Price or whatever that whatever company does those like Thomas the Train uh-huh. stuff, they did those, but with the cars, cars, you know, on those wooden tracks and everything like that. So it's got a big push that you think that marketing of those kids would want to see cars too. Maybe the problem is the kids that were well, kids when the first cars came out. Maybe they're just too old now. Yeah, it could it's be. Too long I mean, left, but. Cars is one of the only Pixar movies I didn't see in the theater. Same thing with the second one. But they also marketed it as a spy movie. Yeah. And it was too, uh, what do you want, uh, person- personification? What is that? Uh, when you make an anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. I'm trying to think of how Ether- to like. Yeah. Anthropomorphized. Yeah. So I think of how to actually that. put that into like a verb. Like, you know, before <laughs> it was just Lightning McQueen needing to win a race. That's something we are all familiar that cars do. They win and run races. They do. Yeah, I've seen it happen. Yeah, uh, them becoming they say cars is a documentary. <laughs> them becoming like spies, Jur- like Jurassic Park, exactly like Jurassic Park. Them becoming spies, not something we're kind of familiar or it's much more of a leap. I mean, in the sense, like you can see it as, I mean, as cars is all right. You wouldn't do it in a regular real life story, 
the driver gets stuck in this town. He's got to get it to the big race. He mm-hmm. gets help from the sheriff. He used to be a car driver kind of thing. That could work as a real movie. As a real movie. Okay, all of a sudden you got the sequel. Oh, hey, you're a race car driver. Ooh, you're going to be a spy now. No, Check no, out. the race car driver isn't a spy, though. It's his double friend that's mistakenly taken as an industrial uh, international spy. So it's like Johnny English? Yes. Or, <laughs> or a case of mistaken identity like North by Northwest. Or Man Who Knew Too Little. Oh, man, it's yeah. such a solid movie. It's Larry the Cable Guy, basically. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that movie up because Paul hates Bill Murray. <laughs> Pretty much. Bill Murray's always Bill Murray. Not in The Man Who Knew Too Little. Yeah, he plays a guy who knew too little. <laughs> too little that his career was already over. Oh, no, that was the start of the heyday for me. <laughs> The Milbur- Milbury days. <laughs> <laughs> What's in this beer? This is Man. not my day. <laughs> is there something wrong with the uh, gra- Earth's gravitational pull? Is this gravity too high for you? How are you trying to segue this, Paul? I'm not. I'm just asking. I thought you were. Okay. I was, was just like, asking if this beer was high gravity or not. No, it's not. That was just like, that could have been a weird Paul segue. And that's what I took it for. <laughs> yeah. Well, like if Paul, were, save us. Get us back on track. Much like if we were on a different planet, like battling, you know, within the stars. Like making Warcraft, but in the stars, like Starcraft. Which demo is now called the Starter Edition. <laughs> wow, that was that was so bad. That was painful. <laughs> that was seven degrees away from where I wanted to be. But I got us there. <laughs> you forced your way in. Oh, yes. <laughs> I date segwayed you. I date segwayed you. I rape segwayed you. I basically yeah. said, hey, look over there. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> We're going to talk about StarCraft now, a game that only I... StarCraft 2, a game that, I only pl- that I've only played. Um, you can download basically the same thing that was the beta edition, but now it's called the starter edition. So if you still haven't bought... StarCraft 2. You can get it free off of Blizzard.com. Just try it out. Not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. Trying stuff for free is never bad. Talking about betas from Blizzard. Diablo 3 beta supposedly coming out this fall. Man, I can't wait for whenever this game comes out because I still love the second one and it's been way too long for this one to come out. And so a much better segue? We've been talking. We've <laughs> Much been, better. We've been talking about this game since we basically started the, yeah. doing podcasts, and like I said, it will take years before we see this game. And we still haven't gotten the beta. Supposedly, it's coming this fall. And I think the bigger news, though, is that there's going to be an in-game marketplace where you can sell in-game items for real-world cash. And this is something that's been going on for years already, where people have sold items or accounts online. But mm-hmm. it's especially with World of Warcraft. Oh yeah, it's always kind of shady though. Mm-hmm. But this is Blizzard actually bringing some legitimate means to selling your stuff online. Like you're actually doing it through them. It's almost going to be set uh-huh. up like a PayPal. Yeah. Kind of. It's a whole new business for Blizzard. It's something where I kind of worry that they might be biting off a little bit more than they should. But now with their, you know being bought out, the Vivendi Studios who owns Blizzard, being bought out by Activision, 
they're a much bigger company, so I think they could handle this more than if it was just the Bendy Studios alone. Uh, I kind of I, I I like this idea. I don't know when I get Diablo three if I would do it, but I've always like you have those groups of armor, like mm-hmm. you know you get the the chest plate, the gloves, the boots, and you get all those together, you get. Um, a huge bonus. You get a huge bonus. I'd always get like one or two of those items. Yeah. I could never get them all. And as soon as you see a set piece drop, you're like, oh, cool. And then you identify and you're like, I don't fucking need that. <laughs> but then you're like, oh, if I get all these other things, and it sits in your box forever. Yeah. So now you could actually get those pieces to help you. But do I want to pay the money to to purchase those things just to have it in my fucking video game? Probably not. But you it know is, what? It's okay. it's very much like what a lot of companies are doing now with microtransactions. That's exactly what I was like, saying. Like, if you want an item, yeah, you know what? You can download this for two ninety nine. Like, mm-hmm. I've been playing a lot of DCU online right now, and they have a page for microtransactions where you can go and buy... Why the app is that not free to play then? If they're I, doing exactly. microtransactions, but you it should get, be freaking free to play. You can get, like, certain items... An armor that you can only get by doing it through a microtransaction. And it's not stuff that you're going to be paying like 10 bucks. It's like, oh, I can get this helmet for $1.99. Yeah. Because That's they just a... charged you 16 bucks for the right to purchase that for $1.99. <laughs> hey, you know what? Honestly, for how much I've been playing DC, like, I'm okay with paying for it monthly. Like, you just I'm, play it a lot. I'm really enjoying it. I sure Even wanted... World of Warcraft is free to play. Up to up a limited to, basis. Up to level 18 or 20, 20 I believe. 20. Is it 20? Okay. It's 20. But you know how many characters you can start and get to level 20? Oh, exactly. And just start again? Yeah. I mean, you have so many, like, just different, like, races. classes and races and, like, pla- uh, Yeah. The permutations factions. are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I just started playing free-to-play again, and I can't... I haven't even gotten to level 10, because, honestly, I don't put that much time into it. Because I like to do this podcast instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I think it's good. One hour out of three weeks. I think it's That's good. It's more than video game playing that I have done in the past three weeks. Uh, wow. We've played a lot since we moved. Yeah. I, don't know. I think it's good that a company is actually finally stepping up and saying, like, no, you know what? If you want to sell stuff or buy something mm-hmm. in-game, do it through us. You know, yeah. don't do it like that back roads, black market kind of way. Where a prince from Nigeria might have died and have left you a great sum of money. That's totally legit. I've already made my like deposit. I'm just waiting to get the rest of it. <laughs> but, yeah, you know what? Understandably, they're probably going to take a little bit off that. Like, mm-hmm. eBay charges a percentage. But you know what? It's win-win for the people that want the items or the people that are selling them. Like, you are going to have people probably abusing it like gold farmers almost. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I would never buy something just off of eBay before for a game, but if it's something I really wanted, like, because I was hardcore into Diablo 3, need to have this item to complete a set or whatever, and I could get it, like, for five bucks or whatever and be protected, okay, maybe maybe I'd be more likely to do it then. I think I think if I was ever going to do it, it would this would be the way to do it. Or, like, yeah. those, the, the micro... Microtransactions. Microtransactions. How hardcore are you guys going to be into Diablo 3? Are you guys going to upgrade your computers to play? Well, here, here's what's getting me excited about it, is Blizzard is actually looking for people to develop a port for consoles. Ah, they, first time they ported something since Lost Vikings. Well, 
Yeah, actually, they had. Well, no, Diablo was on Diablo PS1. Was not PS1. But you know what? If but they come on, Lost Vikings reference. Yeah, that was good. Shout out. <laughs> Paul was air fiving himself. <laughs> yeah. then. Um, that was racing the roof. I mean, I'm more likely to. Paul roofs. They, they're very high, just because he raised them. Uh, also, you were up on top of it earlier today. I was checking out the chimney. I'm a home gnomer. Home gnomer. Home gnomer. <laughs> Bengal tiger. <laughs> <laughs> See? See, Paul? See? We know you're drunk when he starts saying, like, with him. Milbury. Milbury. <laughs> when, when you say, like, with in a sentence five times, then I know you're yeah. drunk. Don't worry, listeners. You won't hear that because I'll edit it. Yay, Paul. Well, you, you might hear from John because he's got to chug the tilt next episode. <laughs> But, I should get a bite for myself, too. I don't know. Well, you know what? Since I'm home, maybe I'll try to go through all the episodes and really make sure that we have not doing, done that. If they... But we didn't. I think we should chug them together. If by next week we are settled up and I have... I'm sure within the last 30 episodes we haven't, then yes, we'll chug um, together. I'm actually asking... I am positive because I, I talked to Aaron and Ethan who both had just listened to all of them. And Aaron would have listened to it because it's his favorite brewery. Aaron also would love to see me chug and die at tilt. Uh, I, he would because love to, he doesn't like me. I no, just, he likes it. He would love to see me chug a tilt. For the for the tilt chugging though, you each have to buy the other person's tilt. Like you get to pick the flavor that the other person has to chug. That's I'm saying that's a tilt tilt law. Actually. Tilt law. Tilt law. Uh, well. Two tilts enter, no tilts leave. <laughs> I am not looking forward to And then that. Chris will run Barter Town. <laughs> uh, it, it's great that we're in walking distance of each other's houses now. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> the best way we can work out. <laughs> we should be like halfway and do the podcast and then <laughs> chug our tilts. Just chug it you do it at the taco place down the road. <laughs> there we go. It's like, you know... If one of us gets fed up with each other and decides just to take their tilt and go home, it will be much like EA taking their video games and going home off the steam. Oh, EA. No longer going to sell their video games on Steam. They have a whole new system called EA Origins. Really? Yeah. Origins? You you, you can't see it, but Paul had an extreme disgust in his face when he did that. Well, really? Origins. You don't <laughs> They have to pay Bioware five cents out of every transaction, though. Well, okay, then. I, I'm willing to support Bioware in anything they do. <laughs> Except I'm still not sure if I'm going to pick up Star Wars Knights of the Old, uh, Old Republic. I can't see myself paying for an MMO. I just... It's... I gotta go free to play. Yeah, it, it looks awesome, though. That's all I can say. Great. It looks really cool. Uh, can I just hop back and... Yeah. Uh... Diablo 3 may being on Xbox. Come on, we would rock that morning, noon, night. Yeah, we play that a lot. Yeah, well, actually, like, we would. Much like, <laughs> Paul would. Much like Left 4 Dead 2. Paul's still playing Mass Effect. Uh, we almost played it this week, except Scott's wife packed it away on him. What? She packed stuff already? Yes. And he was really upset, and he's like, I'm just going to bed. Wow. Yeah, we're breaking out the righteous ale right now, but uh, honestly, I figured EA, we blew through that one. We yeah. might as well start off with the next EA Season Pass, which is for their sports video games only. Twenty twenty four ninety nine, twenty five bucks a year, gets you three days early access to a demo. 
but honestly, or the full game, you get three, the full days game three days before. And then after the third day, then you would have to purchase the full game to continue playing, which is more than a demo. But honestly, I on Xbox, we get the demo of Madden has been out for, what, the past two weeks? It's been, yeah, a week and a half almost now, yeah. So three days early access to a game that I'm pretty sure whether or not I know I will buy or will buy. But the thing is, I think... On what, a sports game, especially? I think what EA is really trying to do, though, is hook those people in because... There are people that are already going to be buying the game, mm-hmm. but you know what? That twenty four ninety nine for the year, where you get the three day early access to all the EA sports games, mm-hmm. you also get discounts on all the other downloads you do through EA, like the Ultimate Team, yeah. pack or the old historic packs of the old teams. There isn't really much that EA gives me in those downloadable packs that I feel like I need to buy on the sports games, but that. But you're not that EA sports guy. Like you, I buy Madden. You, you buy, you buy, buy them, NHL but how much I... have you played those, though? Like, there's people that have probably been playing it nonstop since they came out last year. They can't wait for the new one. Those are the people that are probably banking on to pick up that season pass because, hey, that's an extra 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. The person's going to have early three-day access to start playing their game and you know mm-hmm. learn all the ins and outs to start dominating like the regular people that buy it when it comes out. You know, next week. Right, but there's not much change from game to game that I really feel like that three days will really get anybody a quote-unquote edge. Hmm. Um, especially looking at, like, the Madden franchise. It is basically roster update 2012. They do add more things. Like, I'm really excited for this year. They're doing the whole, like, groups where you can invite your friends to play the games versus each other in a very specific way. Which seems awesome. And also, you know, two years ago when Madden app offered the online franchise mode, amazing. Like, doing an online league franchise was really cool. I got in it for one season. A lot of fun. Most fun that I've had in Madden. Hands down. Over the whole time that I've ever had Madden since 96. So, there's some cool things that EA does with the sports. But, 25 bucks a year... Basically, more than I pay for Xbox Live because I always pick it up when there's a deal. Yeah. Or I just get it for Christmas for free. I can't do it. I really can't. And also, pulling it off of Steam, I think, is a dick move. Yeah. To buy through Origins. It's like a it's like some a uh, film a um, movie studio pay, pulling off all their movies off of Netflix. It's just integrating their own. Yeah. Site to get movies. Mm-hmm. It's limiting the distribution, which helps not, but, does know, not I mean, help the customer. And Steam, I mean, like EA does have a name recognition, mm-hmm. and they, I mean, they do seem like they're people who like to make money. You know, they, <laughs> they I mean, they really do. I mean, oh, yeah. it, I mean, if you talk to my brother-in-law at all about their sports games, mm-hmm. he just says they pay that money to have the exclusive right, and they don't put anything into the games. Yeah. And I mean to pull it. I mean to pull it off. There is just it's just a money move for them, which all their moves are. Mm-hmm. And this is starting with Battlefield Three, which is one of the big name shooters. Which not I'm, the biggest name shooter, but well, that's big. definitely Call of Duty. But you know what? I'm not into shooters, but mm-hmm. Battlefield Three looks really good. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like it, I don't play those kind of games, but the Battlefield franchise is probably the one that interests me the most. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm a, I've I've played almost. I think. I haven't played Black Ops yet, 
But I've you're I've, a Call of Duty. -er. I'm a Call of Duty guy. I, I really do enjoy them. I like play. I even like playing the online stuff. Which you're a duder. I'm a duder. Um, Coining that phrase for anybody that calls plays Call of Duty, a duder. A duder. Totally a duder. Um, you know, but it. I do like those, and that game does look. Yeah. It it looks awesome. It it looks nice. like why haven't I been playing the first two? Dice doing something that isn't near as edge too. But they are starting development on it. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they announced they are I really enjoyed my research. I'm sorry. I, I still want to play the first one. Yeah, I, I will let you borrow it, because it is... It gives me the feeling of actually playing a Sonic the Hedgehog game, because it's all about speed and momentum, and just nailing the course, and just feeling like you just did everything at the right time, at the right moment, and it feels really good when you're in those that kind of moment. It's, it's one of the only games where I felt... Ooh, completely in the moment with that character and it's just awesome when that happens i really like playing the demo so i've mm -hmm. wanted to play the game it's one of those ones i always forget that i want it's to like play 12 bucks <laughs> yeah any games to play certainly now we won't name them but you know or i could just borrow it from you or you yeah borrow or paul just said he has it <laughs> if you still have bayonetta i would like to borrow that uh no i only but he uh, has bullet witch i have bullet witch <laughs> No, I I don't, I don't actually have that game. I always wanted to pick it up though because it's pretty cheap now and it I'm was like, fun when I I might pick it up like played it. tonight just because we're drinking a lot and it's we're like drinking a, a lot. And I'm gonna drive and buy. I am games. drunk and I'm gonna go out. <laughs> you might not know this, but I'm on vacation. That means I buy pizza for friends. I drink a lot and I go out late and buy video games. It seems like a game that I could play for a week and a half on and then be done with it. Yeah, it seems like a vacation game. I, I really enjoyed it when I played it. But I got wallpaper to take down. <laughs> yes, you do. Which is the reason why I haven't been able to play any video games or really look at pictures of a new Superman on, on the internet webs. Really, Paul? Are we still doing the Week in Geek? Well, like, an <laughs> hour in. Yes, we're talking about... Right? Well, not only we haven't gone far in, but we're on our second beer, too. Well, third, we really. Wait, we wait for... <laughs> we had our first beer. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. we did. And then... uh a second beer, which hit us, and now the third beer that is just keeping us coasting <laughs> right into outer space like we're in the last Suns of Krypton. <laughs> like Trunk Paul no has better segues. <laughs> like we're no longer wearing our underwear on the outside. But man, do we have big heads. <laughs> that guy has like the biggest head in the world in that photo. Or is Superman? Paul is of course speaking of Henry Cavill, who's playing Superman in the new Zack Snyder uh, Man of Steel. Cal Ozzy is known on Google Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Paul is all about the Google Plus for some reason. For a guy who hates social networking, <laughs> he's talking about goddamn Google Plus. I don't think his head's that big. Uh, no more briefs on the outside of the tights. Going very much the route of the DC and U relaunch mm -hmm. of Superman, where it's just like the blue bodysuit with the red cape. Mm -hmm. I think he's kind of he's logo. It no looks collar, like he though. no collar, but yeah. But it does look like he's kind of got a belt. Yeah, is he kind yeah. of got a belt thing? It's not a full belt, but it's kind of something on the hips. You have to break the, it up. The somehow. brief, yeah. the brief picture I saw, but, but no Superman S curl either. It looks like he it's, had one in like the one picture. Though. All straight back comb, like it, it's as like if a, he was the coach of D three. 
the Mighty Ducks. It kind of looks it looks slicked He's back, but kind of wavy. Where he probably has it down more to be Clark. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm very weary, wary, blah 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 about Milbury. Milbury about Zack Snyder taking on Superman. Yeah, and I just think I mean like I'm not a huge Superman fan. But I just think there's certain things that need to be done with him, and like I did, I I liked I liked the suit. I liked how Tim Roth looked in um, Superman Returns. Like that'd be Brandon Roth. Brandon Roth. Sorry, Tim I, Roth is someone completely different. <laughs> he was, you know, at Shawshank, and he decided to... Brandon Murray. <laughs> but Neil Burry, come on, Milbury. three weeks off, guys. Three weeks off. Shaking it up. Shaking it up. But uh, you know, there's something about that feel that I think it had a it had a great Superman feel. It might not have been the best story, but the oh, casting but and and it just it looked right. Where I'm so afraid it's just going to be too digitalized and too slow down, speed up. Slow not down, even that. I'm up. just like just the look well, of it isn't going to fit. I don't know. I are what, you feeling like you might be sucker punched with this movie? Mm, no. See, I I like Zack Snyder. <laughs> All of his you know, remakes and adaptations, I think have been really well done. Even Sucker Punch, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was his first, hey, this is something I made. I, I still liked it. It wasn't a great movie, but it had a visual flair that worked. And I think he's going to be able to, you know, tailor his style towards a Superman movie. I mean, look at Watchmen. I mean, that was a movie that people thought was going to be unfilmable. Like, yeah. It had been being worked on for years and it never happened. And I think he did a great job with it. I, you know, he got it done. I, I, I want to say great I job. Do, no, for, I, I, I do really like Watchmen. And I do like I like um, Dawn of the Dead. I like uh, 300. And it, but there's just something... like I, I just have to wait and see a little bit more of it to really go, okay, Superman. Because you just have this vision of what Superman is in your head. And not... And it isn't Zack Snyder. It, yeah, it isn't. It isn't. There's something iconic about Superman and how it should be filmed, and there is then the very different taste. See, like when Zack I Snyder. heard Zack Snyder's doing Watchmen, I said, "Yeah, great, that's perfect." But there's just there's something about this about Superman that I'm just I'm really on the fence about. Yeah, but would you think Brian Singer? Like, I don't necessarily go, okay, him and Superman. See, when I, I think grouped he, himself with X Men, I, I think he, yeah, but Superman uh, and X Men are very to, different. To me, and to I me, think he did really well with it. And I think Zack Snyder and Brian Singer are on almost the same level with their styles. I think so too. But when I heard, like, when I heard Brian Singer was doing Superman, I thought, "Oh, great! Okay, we're going to get a great film." And the the film was great. The story just was lacking. I'm afraid that there's going to be the reviewers, much like we saw with. Uh, X Men First Class that were all like, who was the director of that? Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Vaughn. Vaughn. Yeah, Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn. Layer Cake. They go through the history of the director and they love those movies and Kick Ass and Layer Cake. And they, then they see X Three or X Men uh, First Class and they're like, well, this guy is an up and coming director. He can do no wrong. So even though this movie isn't very good. It's getting reviewed a lot better than I think it should have been, just because of the director attached. And you know, I think there might be those 
Zack Snyder fan people that are going to come in and do the same thing with the Superman movie that might not have been as good as we were all hoping for. I don't know. I, I'm just saying. I have I have faith in it. Okay. I just need to see a little bit more. We've only gotten what two, three. We, yeah, yeah, yeah like two just a couple images, and like the one is just him kind of walking to set. Yeah, it's like a like a yeah. set photo, like someone snapped yeah, kind of like a phone, like, holding open or holding up. Yeah, he's just standing in front of that crash, like it yeah. looks like a plane or something. Which, which is an awesome, very Superman shot. Oh yeah, like it looks great. I'm I'm not like I'm not sold on the actor either. Mm-hmm. In this, and from seeing the picture, and talking about actors, you guys have a problem with Lawrence Fishburne as Perry White? I don't. Uh, I don't. No, because we're not racist. That's pretty much it, right? No, like, I, honestly, I don't understand anybody that would have a problem with. Honestly, that. it goes back to even Michael Clark Duncan as the Kingpin. Like yeah. you need, you know, like a big imposing guy for the Kingpin. Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I totally buy that as someone that, like, you know, if Matt Murdock tries to take a swing at him, his fist is just going to bounce <laughs> off of him. Yeah, and Lawrence Fishburne, I'm. He's not what I look at for Perry, because uh, I, I doughy, a little bit doughy, a little bit older. Older I feel too, right? Both Lawrence Fishburne right now, because especially when I he's on Predators. <laughs> the yeah. Predator, or what was it called? Yeah, one, of the, one of the few movies Paul actually saw for the podcast. <laughs> hey guys. No, I don't know. I just... That was. That guy was old and doughy, and I'm like, I don't, I don't feel that like, could be Perry White. I don't, I don't get like that old sense from Lawrence Fishburne though, like as a whole, like as an actor. Um, like, I don't I, know, have just, you seen him in Aquila and the Beat? No, I haven't. The the thing, if the, you watch that, I think the thing would get the thing you Perry do White get from, from you do look a little older for for Perry White, but I think he has that. I mean, you especially saw it like in the Matrix that mentor figure. You know, he can be stern, he can kick ass, but he's also going to help guide you through. You know, he can be really tough, but he can also be more fathering to you. How much time is Perry White really going to get in a Superman movie? Probably How not much. much. Exactly. But you know what? Like, I, I don't mean, think he's going to be a, this great mentor or anything. You got Cal, you got the Jor-El, and you got, you know... But look at those few moments with Perry White in... Superman Returns mm-hmm. with uh, Frank. Uh, Frank Langella. You know what? Those moments, like when he does, when he when, Oz, when, the pages. when he is on screen. That, that was a good moment. Too, yeah. yeah. You go, Perry White. Boom. You know he he just has that right feel to it. Even when he watches the the globe fall off the thing. It could be just because I don't see Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne as the editor of a newspaper. I think that's what's doing it. If you watch Achilles and the Bee, I think you'll get more of that. I will never watch that movie. You know why? <laughs> why? It's uh, been on cable. Like, every time all I the went time. to a goddamn Starbucks, there was like stuff about it, like all over the place. I was like, really? Starbucks is promoting this movie, but nobody else is? Well, because it was producer. It like actually. It was like produced in a Starbucks? <laughs> it was produced by the Starbucks company. It was actually. I think you're thinking about uh, Zach and Mary make a point. <laughs> <laughs> that, yes. No, but uh, Starbucks was actually. Funded a lot of the killer in the beat. Maybe I just don't like movies about spelling bees. Yeah, maybe. But uh, he plays a teacher in a mentoring role. But honestly, I don't think it much matter to the Superman movie because I don't think Perry White's going to get much screen time. No, I really don't. But like, I can't see. I this understand being what you're saying, John. Like those moments that he's there, or he like, needs to have that gravity, gravitas, gravitas. Yeah. Good word. I don't. Know, I. I don't see him. You, you know. Yelling at Kent like, "Hey, I need my article!" Like, I don't, I don't get that from him. I could, I, I, I could see I him. Know. I could see him 
being like really like I mean you if he's been in he's been in tons of movies he's been in movies where he plays you know he can play a hard ass and stuff and I think you can hear him raise his voice to a point that he's not yelling but make you go I gotta get my fucking article in I I don't know I I don't doubt his chops at all it's just like I don't envision him that's cowboy Joe yeah (laughs) cowboy Curtis cowboy Curtis not cowboy Joe you knew that was Ranger Joe that's my house uh, school with Steve and the exact how- opposite's happening this week it's not a full house for comic books okay good I was like is there something else coming up it's like very, 44 minutes into the week very little is being released uh, we've been off for three weeks yeah this is three weeks of news which really was only like three segments <laughs> Hi, this is Kyle Stevens. And this is Jim DeMonacos. And we're a Kirby Crackle. And you're listening to Bagged and Board Podcast. Honestly, is there much coming out, guys? <laughs> there is. Well, there's big event books coming out from DCU. But not many books in this five-week month are really kidding. Chris, do you have a... What's your main thing? Um, honestly, is it the same as mine? I, it very well could be. I don't know. But um, my pick for this week, it's actually um, August 31st. Last week before we're heading into the DC relaunch. Um, or the first week. Or the f- last week before we head into it. Well, Justice League number one comes out. Exactly, and that's my pick. Oh, that's my pick too. Ah, I beat you to it. And he also picked it number one in the draft. And that's why. Um, it, was, it was my number one pick for the draft. It's going to be like one of the bigger books that's coming out, not just this month, but for the whole relaunch, I yeah. feel. I mean, you've got Jeff Johns writing the Justice League. You've got Jim Lee drawing it. Two, See how like, late it is. <laughs> you know what? I, I think it'll be on time for like the first couple months, and then they'll switch out to a different artist. Right. Like, the first arc will be Jim Lee. Um, I don't know. I This is exactly what you want for a relaunch of the entire DCU. You want mm-hmm. big. You want bold. You want bright. You want colorful. You want the names... Not just on the title itself, but creating it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that's it. Like It's a book I'm really looking forward to. And I honestly forgot it was coming out. This week I thought the only book DC Flashpoint. book was Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. Because that's how they kind of solicited it originally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also picking this book. I'm a little bit worried more so on the art being delayed. Just because I really feel like this DCNU is something that they... It's one of those demons of the three-month solicitations that I don't think a lot of creators knew that there was going to be a relaunch until the time we basically, uh, the fans knew about it. You know, I, you hear a lot of stories about creators being asked and they were too busy to start up. If this was planned for a long time, it seems like they should have been able to get more of those creators, especially with DC coming out and apologizing, saying, hey... We know we don't have a lot of women creators right now, but this is only the first, we've only enhanced that first wave of new books. It feels like something that is kind of, yes, let's do it, let's get this done now, and not something really planned out, like, for the long term. I I think in some sense, I mean, I can hear where you're coming from, but I think the sense of DC doing a big thing like this, Mm -hmm. they'd have to have been setting this up. And the other thing is, is, a lot of these books are written by the same people. You have three yeah. people writing, or uh, one person writing three books. Like yeah. you've had to have had time to plot out what you're going to do and, and create 
a story going on this way. So I think it's something that they have right. talked to and have a plot of where they're going to go for at least this first arc to get through. I, well, I see what bit books go up and or go down. I don't. I don't want to say it like this necessarily, but I think the books that you know, quote unquote, matter to mm-hmm. DC. They went in with uh, okay, well, let's get this set up for the relaunch, or you know, mm-hmm. wind things up at that point so it can be relaunched fresh, um, and like everything else can just be like you know, create more on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only one I'm really worried about any sort of delay with is Justice League because I yeah. feel like everything else. You can have your standard length of time before it, you know, yeah. because you had, um, who was going through designing the costumes? Jim Lee was designing all the colored ones. You know, they knew Jim Lee and someone else was actually working too with like helping design costumes. So you had someone there like mm-hmm. working on, you know, getting the looks set up. So it's not like, hey, well, we Jim need- Lee wasn't working on a monthly book. Yeah. But it's not like, it's like, hey, we have this book coming out in three months. We need you to come completely come up with everything for it. Okay, cool. Like, they had someone like, hey, we're relaunching this, you know. (laughs) They probably had a proposal already set up from someone in the works. And there's like, well, instead of, like, you know, factoring it into how the timeline is, where do you feel like we're starting everything fresh? Can you Mm -hmm. tweak it a little bit? You know, small changes here and there. Mm -hmm. And then, hey, okay, you know, this guy's on art. Here's here's how the character's going to look at this point. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like... It's kind of already, there's a lot happening, but mm-hmm. there was enough groundwork laid down going into it that hopefully it's not going to affect too much. Yeah. I know from uh, listening to interviews with uh, Brian Q. Miller, who was doing Batgirl, or not doing Batgirl, but writing Batgirl, <laughs> uh, he had to shrink down one of his, you know, a story arc to fit into an ending, uh, that Squire issue, when Batgirl teams up with Squire was originally going to be two issues and mm-hmm. had to be collapsed down into a single issue so he had time. So that was only five or four months before that relaunch, like those issues in sequential order. That's only four issues away from this last one that came out, which was the end. But yeah, you have to figure, claps. that's just when that book came out, though. So I'm thinking That book six. was actually, like, had to be written at least, like, six, seven months before that. Well... He had to collapse it, so that's six months. So they basically, so I'm working off this premise where creators had, and DC, you had basically a six months layaway <clears throat> before this relaunch was happening. Uh, Kelly Sue uh, DeCormick, who was working on Supergirl, when she originally pitched and got her four issues, I believe, uh, for Supergirl, she didn't know it was actually coming to an end until she took the took the job and actually was one month into it, and then three months, you know, the, the, by, you know, her writing the third, second, or first, third, second, third, and fourth book, she realized that that fourth book she's on mm-hmm. has to wrap up the entire series to do the relaunch. So it's and, like, so some creators had like six months, others had four months. And and now think, like, they had six months knowing they had to wrap up their book. Uh-huh. So that's six months before even the first issue of the relaunch is coming out six that months. they can be working on it. They have six for some like because it's someone else that's mm-hmm. going to be working on. And it. Jim Lee, working six months ahead, and him taking let's say a month and a half. I'm only picture. I can only see him getting being done with the first story arc before he's falling behind. 
And like, I mean, like Chris said, I mean, like Jim Lee's not going to be on a long haul. Yeah, no, he's yeah. going to be on. Yeah. He's going to be on the first three issues. You know, he's going to mm-hmm. be on that first four. I'm thinking first four. Most likely, right? yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't see him any farther than. So we all three agree. Four. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, like what the most we've seen Jim Lee turn out mm-hmm. in a steady pace was what when he did Hush. And that wasn't any, that was delayed also. Yeah, that had delays. Yeah. You know, so I mean, but, I mean, you're still looking at yeah. that was like twelve issues that he did, and yeah. it wasn't anything like horrendous with the delays. It was no. like a couple weeks for an issue. Yeah, yeah, and those books looked amazing. Yeah, you know, I mean, not to say that guy's not a great artist. I mean, he but puts a lot of detail. In looking it, so. back and reading it through the trades, there are no delays. <laughs> you know, yeah, there are no delays in the trades. No, so you know now that Justice League number one, which. Chris and I are both looking forward to both of our picks. <laughs> I was going to get it digitally. <laughs> you know, this is a, the thing where... You know, I'll give you a buck. <laughs> it's going to be important that this is the new flagship book. I think it's going to be important that it's on time. Especially if they want to pick up the digital readers that I think are going to be a lot more time-sensitive than the regular comic book fans that have been through. This whole oh it's delayed that's okay you know yeah. I'll pick it up when it comes out but it that goes don't forget like, to check out what's website. what's the argument though like I I'm not a digital guy like do you subscribe to it and it automatically downloads no There's, like it's I don't not know how that it really way works but so far all the comic book apps that I've seen when it hits you can buy and then download it is they, it almost like a an, subscription. It's almost like an iTunes though, with like a yeah. podcast, like say the Bang Broadcast, where you yeah. can rate, review, and subscribe to us. Can you like subscribe and it pops up saying like, "Hey, new issue of Justice League available." It doesn't click s- here to download it. No, it's much more like iTunes, not on the podcast side, where you can okay. hit subscribe and you get the new one. It's much like, "Oh, I wonder if this new band has come out with a new song okay. yet on iTunes." Oh, I can buy it now. And I, if you forget to keep on checking, then you're going to not buy. And they should totally do it my way, because that's a great yeah, idea. It is. Oh, it is, definitely. And there should be a way to be like, oh, you like Green Lantern? Buy all of Green Lantern Rebirth. You like Green Lantern? Buy all of Sinestro Corps. Yeah. Or and buy Identity Crisis if you like Justice what I, what I do but think is great, okay, the, the book's delayed, mm-hmm. and then you're like, ah, oh, I wonder if that book came out. And, oh, man, I missed it. I can't find it anywhere. Boom. iTunes. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll, pick, issue, I'll push, pick issue three up. And I'll get get it in the store next week. You know, it fills in those holes. Because how many yeah. times have you been like, Ugh, i got to look all over the place, Wonder try Wonder to find just, issue four. Just today when we were at uh, Don's, Tom Comics, I was looking for the last issue of Fear Itself because I missed it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know when it came out. I don't know if it did come out. But yeah, like just like ago. looking at the shelves, I was like, oh, I, I don't see it here. Like It's not something I'm going to constantly look for. Like After this week... Whatever, I'll just pick up the next issue and go from there. Like, I'm not going to go on the hunt for it. But if I was a digital reader, oh, I can click download. Okay, now I can read it. That's something you wait for conventions for. Exactly. And then pick it up at a convention. But, John, what book are you looking for Uh, this week? I figured you two are picking that, and that's the big bulk of the the books I buy from are from DC. I really, Uh it's very, and it's, It's, we're going to have to get on that. The month of DC. Exactly. Relaunch, the Magnum Broadcast relaunch. We're actually actually all set. We've already ordered our number ones. Are you guys going to be reviewing? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, I I had to go with uh, Goon number 35. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm a big Goon fan. Um, written by Evan Dorkin and artist by art by uh, Eric Powell. And I just I love this book. I do really enjoy him. And uh, this book I'm gonna pick up. It has to be weird. Drawing a book of your character that wasn't written by you. Yeah, I, I think yeah. he actually, the two of them have worked together on other books, and I think it's something with the artwork that they do together. Just one of those things, like, he's sitting there drawing, like, Guten wouldn't say that. <laughs> That's an eraser noise. He would say this. And, like, Evan Dorkin gets his book in the mail, like, oh, man, I can't wait to see how this looks. What? <laughs> Uh, and it, oh, it is it is listed now as I mean it's like a goon, but then they list it as Eric Powell's the goon, mm-hmm. so people know that it's not Evan Dorkin's goon. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Good it's like out. the flip of what uh, the Hellboy creator Mike Mignola is doing with Hellboy, where he's still writing it, but he's no longer drawing he's no longer it. Drawing it. So Eric Powell's now, and he actually writes it with someone else. Yeah. But he's still getting writing credit. Yeah, no. he's still like spearheading it. You know, yeah. it's too bad. He's, he's still killing Hellboy, which yeah. I found out two days before I get that issue. Really? <laughs> yeah. I and just have to. Be, he, I did you read B, BPRD? No. Do you know what happens to Abe Sapien? No. Okay, then I won't <laughs> tell you. I haven't read what happens because I, I don't really read. Uh, he's also dead. Nice. Yeah, I, I buy Hellboy's, those ones in the trades. Yeah, Hellboy's going to hell, and uh, Abe Sapien's dead. Like they thought. And it was, like, really weird, apparently, in the storyline, which I've heard about. You know, he was gravely injured, and they're like, oh, he'll just be okay, we'll put him in the tank, and he'll heal himself. And then all of a sudden, they go back, and nope, he's just dead. Yeah. Interesting way to go. I hope it's Abe Sapien, Hellboy, and Hell together. Like, well, <laughs> it'll be fun. You know, because it's, the solicitations are next, like, story arc for Hellboys, Hellboy and Hell. Sorry, listeners, for all those spoilers. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's been okay. out for a while. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. book's been out for two, two weeks. three weeks? Yeah, yeah. two, three weeks. And that's why Aaron from Red Phone Zone was like, what do you think about this? Like, I haven't read the book. I haven't gotten he to He spoiled the... it? He spoiled it for her, yeah. He's oh, like, it's... I actually didn't know that happened. I've been staying away because I knew this was going to be a big, big issue. Aaron, I take away my clap for you. <laughs> <laughs> you used to win something. Uh, well, his whole point was like, you, you're the Hellboy guy. How did you not know? I was like, mm-hmm. I. You're allowed to go to the comic book shop. I don't have to go and pick up. Your uh, I've been just here. as broke as you. <laughs> I know. I haven't been that broke. Well, I just haven't had a chance to go up. I, I, I have been that broke. You got three work, like weeks worth of books for like twenty, twenty dollars. I know. I drove Chris a whole different way than I normally drive. Because <laughs> <laughs> the comic book shop I go to is like ten minutes away from where I work. So I and Paul has the week off. <laughs> I Why have we been doing stuff with you? Because we both had the other day. He's been like George. Uh, oh, he got back uh, on Sunday. I did get back late Sunday though. Like we, uh, we had Monday off. You guys had Monday off? Now I'm in there scraping off freaking wallpaper, listening to weeds and Man vs. Food and Spectacular Spider-Man and other uh, crap shows I watched. And he want to hang out with me. I didn't know you were off all week. I, I honestly you know, didn't know you were off all week. Yeah, nobody that's, told us. We haven't seen you in three weeks. That's when I called you today. I was like, oh, I was surprised you picked up. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't remember you had off. I thought you just had off to go to Lake George. Yeah. That's okay, guys. It happens. 
But uh, we should get into that main topic. <laughs> we probably should. We're at 59 minutes. But we did kind of start talking about our main topic in the list. We did. But before we get into that, maybe we should feel righteous about something. This like ale this is all righteous. Ale. It's uh, got a fist up in the air like I don't care. It's 6.3 <laughs> alcohol by volume. Again, with the same uh, icon on the back with the pint yeah. and the uh, collar with the or leash. With a dog tag around it. Deep blanket of snow there. Oh, this is a rye ale. And uh, it's striped hood over a monk. It's righteous inside. That It's righteousness inside that shines. It, it has like a fantastic nose to it. Like, and, I mean, this thing smells amazing. As soon as like, Chris and I both took the first sip, I grabbed the can and I just pointed out rye. All yeah. capitals. And, we, and he just kind of nodded like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like I taste it. it. Um... I think I like just a little bit more spice to my rye. Yeah. But it's still, as ryes go, awesome. It's not super overbearing. It's not. We've been, we've had ryes on the podcast before, and I think we've shied away from ryes because... Oh, no, I, I love ryes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I was the first one to turn you on to the ryes, yeah. and it's just like, ever since then, I, I always look for them as soon as I find them. But it, the thing is, like, a bad Are they rye... Kind, or... Yes. I not know a lot like of people we, do ryes. I feel like we've shied away from ryes, because it's, when we were debating which ones we should pick up, I'm like, we haven't had a rye on the podcast yeah. in a long time. I, the long. last one we this did was the Hot Rod Rye... Um, that I got the same, and it was against um, Left Hand's Milk Stout. Oh, yeah, which the yes. Milk Stout, the milk stout just fantastic. blew it away. But this is a, which is even better on tap. You need to try, especially uh, on a nitrous. Like, oh it was, it was beautiful. It's, it's got to be like it's got. What are you talking about? Be like the Milk Stout. The Milk, the milk Stout. It's got to be like drinking. Milk. An, I um, I went to Cleveland a few months ago, and I went to Melt, which is like a grilled cheese like bar and grill. It's shown on Man vs. It was on Man vs. Food. Um, and it's basically like Pizza Plant, like uh-huh. a local establishment, which is like an Italian like pub type place. But it's grilled cheese, awesome food. But they have like different microbrews on tap. Uh-huh. And I saw the milk stout there, and I was like, I need to get that. Yes. And it was on a nitrous well, and it was like just like the creamiest thing I've ever tasted. It was fantastic. It's got to be like just drinking milk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, thing you've ever had inside you. Ever. In my mouth, at least. <laughs> but yeah, it was so good. And I couldn't remember if that was the same one I had when John said he bought it. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I tasted it, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's it. And the, I mean, that in bottle, it needs that Guinness, you know, rocket in there yeah. to give it that extra oomph. Yeah. Because that is an absolutely fantastic beer. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about... We're always, we're always talking about beer. And... This is, I mean, it's it's a great beer. Like, yeah, okay, yes. I hear rye, I want a little more spice to it, but not putting anything against this beer. Yeah, and it's it almost is. like, I mean, if you drink, like, a Chardonnay, that butteriness, mm-hmm. you get that with that beer. It's, it just has, like, kind of that butteriness yeah. to it. it. It goes down really easy. It does. I'm... You've already done. I have, like, a mouth and a half left in there. I have I'm a half a glass. I'm half a glass. I have, yeah. I'm looking for another one, even though I should slow so, down. So, uh, uh, definitely next week, getting uh, the other Honestly, other two. I'm looking forward to trying the other two mm-hmm. that they have out in stores right now. I just have to say, six point, good job from the oh, band broadcast. Thank you. Like, uh, this is great. Good job on the Righteous. I'm still not a huge fan of the... See, the Bengali, Bengali was good. Um, I liked Bengali, it. good. Bengali was... It didn't blow my, myself away. It just... It was I, there. I, I'm, I'm looking for that 
Sunday afternoon, hot day, sitting outside, like, shooting the shit with somebody. Which will here. be our next episode. So <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah, uh, I'd like... Early, early Wednesday afternoon. Pizza, bunch of beers, oh. podcast. This yeah. is basically it. <laughs> um, okay, main topic. We gotta get into Let's it. Let's do it. Honestly, Brad Meltzer's... Justice League number zero. Wait, why don't we introduce the main topic? You're, these are you're jumping the gun. I know these, we already talked about we it, talked but about it in the it's been a nice little segue. <laughs> because right. people skip all that other stuff. Yeah, and they missed out like <laughs> a great bunch of stuff this week. Well, they're like the DC uh, DC universe is starting all over with issue once. Don't call it a relaunch. Don't call it a relaunch. It's don't call it a reboot. It's just a renumbering. On some of the books, but other books it is a complete relaunch or reboot. But, you know, there's debate at the, I know at the cons, like, some people have called it a reboot, other people have been calling it a relaunch. DC's been referring to it as a soft relaunch. Because not everything's going like, hey, brand new. Mm -hmm. Like, Batman's kind of staying the same. Green Lantern. Definitely Green Lantern, especially with the Red Lanterns coming out. But there are definitely storylines that we're not going to get in this new DC and you. Or DC new. New. DC new. New. I feel like I'm playing Fantasy Star 4 with humans. <laughs> uh, I feel like we need to put berets on, have pencil line mustache, and smoke cigarettes. You just want to be John Waters. <laughs> I was talking about the French. Uh, no, I know, but you just want a pencil mustache to be John Waters. Yeah, it's a creep. Wow. <laughs> That's my John Waters impression, I guess. You hairspray in your hair and you'll feel like John Waters. I haven't used hairspray since I was 13. But anyway, there are some storylines that we will just not get because of this relaunch. And we're going to talk about some of those storylines that we're upset that we're not going to get. And some storylines that we're kind of glad are over and are excited with the new form that uh, the DCNU is taking. Guys, I think that if you go back and read Justice League Numbers Zero by Brad Meltzer, there's a lot set up there that I'm upset that we haven't got a full fleshed out story in those little glimpses we got. Especially Wonder Woman sitting down with Superman at Crime Alley, and that's where Batman died. Like, no. I honestly haven't read that issue uh, since it came out. Go back. So you're looking at, like, what, two and a half, three years ago now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, two and a half years, because GSA, number one, started, or Justice League, Justice Society of America, uh, relaunch with number one also happened with that Justice League relaunch, and they both ended with issue 54. Okay. So. So, yeah, a little yeah, bit over two years. A little over two years. But honestly, I think Brad Meltzer and his, uh, after the identity crisis, his relaunch as Justice League set up a lot of different storylines that I'm upset that I won't see the full bore of. Especially seeing that Fred Meltzer isn't back yeah. as part of the DCNU. Yeah. Which I thought was going to be huge. I He's too busy doing that Codebreakers show or whatever. Decoded? Decoded. Oh, which so really bad. is just him like, and then they went to look here. And well, we're here. Well, bouncing an invisible basketball. If you watch that show... There was a man that was so important to the President of the United States. You can't tell that every word he bounced the ball. (laughs) Exactly. Go watch that show and you'll know what I'm talking about. No, you shouldn't. Then he'll get back to writing comic books. Fact. (laughs) 
That cherry didn't get picked up. Oh, no, he could be writing a novel too, though, which is what he's known for. Yeah, and I mean, he would write a novel between his story arcs. Yeah, but between story arcs, between novels, he would write a story arc for DC Comics, Spring yeah. Arrow, and then just yeah, Identity Crisis, and then Justice League. And now we're he's one of those creators one. I do. I, I it, whenever he's announced that he's going to write a book, I'd want to pick up. I know a lot of people didn't like uh, the Lightning Saga, but I I liked it. it. And I, Lightning Saga seems like it might have been a little more Jeff Johns because they worked on yeah. it together. It was just Justice League and Justice Society together. Yeah, and it, it seemed like it was more Jeff Johns' idea and Brad Meltzer going, "All right, yeah." What I hated is like that's that's what finished his run. Yeah. Well, I originally think. All right, this isn't about Brad Meltzer. <laughs> no, no, I think it's important. I think originally that was going to be the thing that brought Barry Allen back, and they decided then DCU higher up. The editors decided it wasn't big enough of a story to bring back Barry Allen, so that's then they restepped, uh, kind of backtracked. It, much like in Final <clears throat> Crisis or uh, Infinite Crisis, where originally they were thinking that was going to be Barry Allen, and then it became Bart Allen just borrowing the suit. It, it really seems more like that was them testing the waters yeah. to see if people would respond to Barry returning. I thought that's what we got in Identity or Infinite Crisis. And then the Lightning Saga was them wanting to do it, and Fred Meltzer and Jeff Johns definitely wanted to do it, and mm-hmm. then them being like, "Not yet." Yeah, let's wait. Let's wait two more years. Yeah, for a year for Final Crisis. So it was the next summer, but um, but then it was like next summer that you got Rebirth. I think the biggest story that I'm going to miss is definitely uh, it kind of fell out even in this you know continuity is the whole. Red Arrow, Hawk Girl, Love Triangle that was get, got set up mm-hmm. in there in his uh, run. Where I thought it was, like Brad Meltzer said, it's the Montagues and the Capulets of the DCU. Yeah. Red Arrow and, or Green Arrow and Hawkman, both opposite sides of the political and also just, you know, psych, uh, phys- political? Political, but uh, th- philosophical spectrums. You know, one's war-binding, the other one's peacemaking. And just having those families, like, coming together would have been amazing. But then he had the rise and fall of Green Arrow, and it's our rise and fall of Red Arrow, and it's yeah. just bad. Damn you, J.T. Crawl. <laughs> um, but that's that's something that I really wanted to see play out, play out more. Yeah. Like, that love, like, interest, and that sexual tension, that... You know, that genesis block. Yeah. Is there something else that you got? Like, what story lines? Um, or do you guys want to talk about that a little bit? Or uh, I, did I, not interest I, it, you? It, interest you? Or I always thought I always thought that was an interesting plot point, of course, especially since just the triangle between Hawkman, Hawkgirl, yeah. and then Red Arrow. Just because you're destined to be in love with me, you I know. can't. This he's a junkie, you know. Like that, I always thought that that was an interesting, mm-hmm. interesting twist to it. See, I, I've always been a Green Arrow fan, and right alongside that, you know, Roy Harper, like mm-hmm. as Arsenal, as Red Arrow, like he's always been one of those characters I really you loved liked. him in Outsiders. Outsiders was Titans. one of my favorite books, and Young Justice. Well, not Young Justice, but well, was Titans. Titans, yeah. Um, I, I've always enjoyed him as a character, and then just like the way he went after mm-hmm. everything that happened in Justice League of America, I was like, 
No, okay, I, I can't subscribe to this. But that's one of the things I'm actually looking forward to out of right. the DC relaunch is we're getting Roy Harper back with, you know, Baseball Red Hood. On. Red Hood and the Outlaws. Like, yeah. it's going to be, it seem, It sounds like Outsiders. That's why I said when we did yeah. our draft, because it's like, that's the book that I like him in. Mm-hmm. Like him outside the law, but doing what's right still. I, I'm really looking forward to it. And I am sad that, that all that JLA stuff's going away, mm-hmm. because it was really well done. And I think that just goes back to Brad Meltzer's run on Green Arrow, too. Like the Archer's Quest stuff. Yeah. Fantastic story arc, not just for... Oliver Queen, but for Roy Harper, mm-hmm. too, because he was right alongside Ollie there. I know that Brad Meltzer came back in interviews, I think, on Word Balloon when he talked about, man, I laid out some stuff in the Archer's Quest that I was uh, hoping somebody else, another writer, would pick up on, and nobody picked it on, up on, so I came back and just started writing. And that's why Red Arrow was part of the Justice League in his run, because that's something he set up in Archer's Quest. Yeah. Uh, one of the big things that I'm I'm gonna miss that that they did was huge Kingdom Come fan, right? And I they've aside, been marching towards Kingdom Come they, a little I, bit. Exactly. They, they really they, have. They, been. Al- they always have been. They've always like, all right, this is where superheroes are gonna end up, and bringing Starman in, even bringing Kingdom Come Superman in, the the Starman that was all yeah, star all field. stars, yeah, yeah, bringing like Goggin to Goggin. And that, that's kind of where I was like... Die Kingdom Come storyline in yeah. just Society of America. Yeah. And, I mean, those those are all things that I was like, oh, great. And when they brought... When when they brought... Um, Hellboy? In the... No. Justice no. League International. When they brought uh, Wally back oh. with his older kids, I just said, oh, the, the two bickering children who have the flash powers, one... The daughter trying to be, you know, following the father's mm-hmm. footsteps and being overshadowed by the brother who doesn't want the powers. It's like, oh, that's going to be great. And then what we got with those kids wasn't really what I that wanted. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I, it seems like it got a little better after I stopped reading it. Uh-huh. But like that's something I always wanted to pan out. Those kids finally figuring out what they're going to do or be. And it got better in. Flash Rebirth. Yeah. And, but Wally, Wally's going to be around? Question mark? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he hasn't really even been mentioned. Like, they haven't said he doesn't exist, but they haven't they confirmed he'll be yeah. appearing at all, if ever. Which, Wally's always going to be my Flash. And and that's what I, that's one of the points I was going to say, is like, he, he he's our Flash, but a DC Universe without Wally... Doesn't seem like a great DC universe. No. Right. Like, go ahead, go ahead Paul. I was just going to say, you know, Dan DeVigo and his, uh, uh, Tom, what what do we call him in, uh, at, in the conventions, the panels. I'm trying to think. At the panels. Okay. And we'll always say, like, oh, well, you know, we went through this time where there can only be one Green Lantern, and that was wrong for Green Lanterns. They should be a whole different wide-sweeping thing. We, you know, DC Universe was wrong when they said that it makes Green Lantern not special. And then them to do that right to the Flash, where it's always been the Flash family. Mm-hmm. You know, Jay Garrick, Barry Allen, Wally West. Like, those are the, you know, showcase number four. It didn't take long for him to run into Jay Garrick. And in fact, even in showcase number four... 
Barry Allen was a big fan of the Jay Garrick comic books. So he's Jay Garrick was even in the Flash books when Barry Allen was there. These characters belong all together and to work together. And then in Flash Rebirth, like the big thing was making a huge extended Flash family with now uh, the the uh, Wally West girl becoming Impulse. You have Iris there as Impulse. You know. You've got Max Mercury back. You've got yeah, uh, 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 Jesse Bell back. Yes, as, you know... As a, what's her name? Liberty uh, Bell? Yeah, but she doesn't go by yeah. Liberty um, Bell. Jesse Quick. Jesse Quick, yeah. You know, it seemed like the huge thing. Like, yes, we're a Flash, Flash family, and then for them to go... You know, like that, the whole rebirth then and doesn't matter. And yeah, and there's no reason not to have like the Flash with with Barry, and mm-hmm. then have like a Flash, fa- you know, a book called like Flash Family, mm-hmm. and have different stories with those characters because they all are characters that we do love and who have mm-hmm. been in our continuity. I think forever. I think the biggest problem is what Ethan Van Skyver when we talked to him at last year's convention was. Him running into the problem of creating a new costume for Wally, where he wanted to do something completely different, and DC was nervous about it. He he mentioned that he wanted to be a little bit more, like almost Knights of the Round Table esque, uh-huh. and he was going to have it like Wally's costume be a little bit more like Lancelotti, like insignias on the shoulders. He was saying mm-hmm. a little bit more like of a helmet look. Like I, I can't yeah. remember what else he was well, saying. Almost like they got the thing or... where. The whole, it came, you know, the mask does now come across completely straight, mm. but having the emblem go all the way down the shoulder, and doing something completely different with the Wally costume. So and you can tell which Flash is Flash. But instead, they go with a deeper red. They well, they mask across the nose. They went with the up. costume from Justice League Unlimited. That's exactly yeah. what it was. It was the costume that he had yeah. in the cartoon with like the darker color red. And, like, the exact same logo, just, like, yeah. the very simplified lightning bolt. Yeah, just the Like, with the two breaks. Yeah. Like. Exactly. And it seems like that's where DCU, I feel, with the DCNU, might be taking missteps. Like, instead of but, taking more chances, they're playing it a little safe. And, but you never know, because with every book that is not going to follow, after yeah. six issues is going to be there, a new book is going to pop up. And you never know what is going to pop up. And, you know, they might not mention Wally right away, but I think in some aspects you're going to have... You have to. Right? you got to have Wally he, pop he up. He has to be there. Like, because he just for the him. fact that he, for almost 30 years he's been the Flash. We do get a Kid Impulse or Kid Flash in Justice League, or uh, young, not Young Justice, Teen Titans. Yeah. But Would we don't be, know what... Bart Allen. Bart Allen. It is Bart. Yeah. Um, the thing is, like, Wally... Not just he's the Flash. It, that was really what set up the whole legacy yeah. for the DC Universe. He was the first character to step into that mentor's role when it came his time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's just like a great move for the Flash, but for Wally West as a character. Yeah. And it's sad that that's gone now because we're just going back to, you know, Barry. Barry's the Flash. Mm-hmm. You know, there could be mentions of Wally somewhere. It's it's tough to say because we don't know what's happening. He's not even happening. married to Iris Barry out. He's not. But like bachelor pad of the DC. But it's so tough because we don't know exactly what's happening and or what happened to these characters. Yeah. Like we don't. They've said like you know cer- certain stories will carry over and have wait like their outcomes will have been the same. 
has happened. We're not going to know what that is, though, until we actually see... Yeah. Okay, What? where do we stand? What's the status quo? And those are the stories that we're talking about now in this one. Which ones we want to carry over, which ones we will miss, which ones we've kind of seen in the solicitations that we know aren't being carried over. That's a whole... That's why we're coming together. Listeners, if you have... Uh, Storylines that you're going to miss in the DCNU, please contact us. Contact at beggingboardcast.com. Let us know. We'll read them on a future uh, episode. Or even just, you know, if that if that's too much work, friend us on Facebook and, and put something up on our wall. Yeah, exactly. That's something that all of us see and we all can get back to you. If you're with me, Lois Lane Superman should be married because Superman shouldn't be, you know, dating him around. Honestly, he's Superman. I should be married. I... Honestly, I don't care about that. Well, you're it, not married. It, no, it's, I'm not a Superman fan. Like, I was more upset about the Peter Parker-Mary Jane split than the Superman-Lois Lane one. I, I have to say basically the same thing. that I, it, it struck me more that Peter Parker and Mary Jane belong together. And I, I have to say that was my standpoint on that. Yeah. And that is my standpoint on Clark Kent and Lois Lane. They should be married. I don't understand why people would want sexual tension with Superman, because Superman isn't the kind of guy that goes to bed with some girl and then doesn't call her in the morning. Peter Parker is the kind of guy that might not necessarily do that, but would want to call the girl the next morning, but can't because he's too busy doing other things, and that's the kind of building drama that, like, oops, I need to get together, and then I can't. Things get in my way. Superman will always find that time for, for me because he's Superman. He will never go to bed with somebody because he's Superman. He's you know that guy. He's the strong moral fiber. Yeah. So why have sexual tension? For me, Superman is always going to be Superman. It doesn't matter who his supporting cast is, who he's married to, if he's mm-hmm. married at all. He's still going to be Superman. Peter Parkey. Peter Parker hinges a lot more on the characters around him because that's who he is and, like, why he does stuff. Superman, yeah, okay, you can have the Kents are probably the most important thing I to want the, the Superman mythos. I want I, that was some of the best stuff that happened in Superman, though, was when Jonathan passed away. Yeah, but they never followed up on that story. They, they didn't. Because he immediately goes off to New Krypton. Yeah. Another storyline that I wish was played more. Which, which was really Which good. was set up in Justice League number zero. Yeah. <laughs> when, you know, he's basically undoing the ditches underneath Smallville mm. to his, like, you know, cover that up. And him dealing with the fact that Jonathan Kent died, which I think was a missed opportunity in the DCU. And that's why I hope Jonathan Kent's back in the DCU. Uh, unfortunately for Superman... That doesn't sell books. Like no. that's not that's like something that you get a special issue. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Kent's dead. It's not something that you know Superman fans. I'm you know I'm making a generalization here, but I don't think you can sell like you know a six issue arc around his dad dying. Well, Sp- but Spider Man though Smallville hundredth episode or two hundredth episode I forget that was the that was the episode Jonathan Kent died. And Smallville was probably the biggest Superman franchise on comic, you know, even comic book related. But I stopped watching that show before that even happened. Yeah, I I watched up to like the fourth season and that was it. But 
But that's the norm. <laughs> but no, but like you know, example, honestly, that's that show got that's more real. one. That's one episode. That's an hour of ten seasons of television. More viewers than any of the Superman comic books. But single it was, issues of the so, comic books. So one issue, Superman. it wasn't, or one episode. I'm sorry, it wasn't like a whole season built right. around that. One episode versus single issue of Superman. More viewers of that one episode versus. But you, you can't. That one. You can't look at. Would all those viewers have stuck around for six episodes of that, though? That's the thing. The, you know, what, what's, what, what, what's really big around Superman is the only time he's, I think, relevant or even interesting to read is when there's a interesting or good writer behind him. Mm-hmm. My, favorite, my favorite Superman story is, um, is All-Star Superman. And Very it's awesome. not even... Around the regular real mythos of it, but we're getting Grant Morrison back on, and we are, and I'm interested. I'm interested in that. You got freaking like short cape t-shirt, first one <laughs> t-shirt, number one pick. Yeah. yeah, it was like my number two. Uh, so, and, like, the first. Uh, so, so why'd you let Action Comics get away from you? Because I didn't care about Action Comics, and why didn't you write that up on the website? <laughs> but I mean, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, the uh, was it. I can't think of, I think I think it was JT Krull who was doing the Superman where he's just walking through across No, that the was Jay Michael Straczynski. Jay Michael Straczynski. Sorry, I get you were picking yeah, up the you, you And I'm saying those are those are an interesting story. Like those were interesting. That was something that somebody's got an interesting thing to say about Superman. Otherwise you don't How, how often did you pick those up for? I picked up um yeah, five, play basketball. I picked them. up I picked up five five of the issues and then I I couldn't get the next one, and then I I kind of fell out because I didn't I didn't have it day and date digital, so I couldn't <laughs> pick up that missing issue, so I could pick up the following one. So out of twelve, you picked up five, less than fifty percent. No, but I didn't have which day is day. not a passing grade, John. I didn't have day. You're and going date. to be have to but, be held back. But you could have always gone and gotten the next one. But I was missing something. I mean, that's yeah. But they were all. They were all. I was simple. actually. I was actually gonna. I'm actually planning on picking. Um, picking them up in trade. Did you pick up the first trade yet? No, because I have almost all of those. I was. I was plan. We were planning on going to convention, and that's when I was actually gonna pick up those missing issues. We haven't been planning on going to a convention for what? Uh, we we were, we've been talking about going at least for one day. But it's just not gonna happen with yeah. work. Well, we've been talking about it. Not with me. Well, you're never able to do anything. Could ask me. I just <laughs> bought a house. It was a lot of pipe dreams. Yeah. It just wasn't going to work out with my work schedule. Yeah. No. But there were there was talk. There had been talk for going at least for one day. Speaking of talking, <laughs> I'm a... Um, I'm sad that you guys didn't talk to me about it. Well, it, it, was, it wasn't going to work out. It's either one of us wasn't going to go. Who would want to just go with you? I, I've got it all before. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got pizza with you. I hung out all day with Paul. I wish I could have. <laughs> I was at work. Um, this is kind of a generalization, but everything Batman has been working towards for the past couple of years, I, I'm glad, you know, Bruce Wayne's back. Mm-hmm. I'm glad, you know, we're going to be getting Dick Grayson back as Nightwing, mm-hmm. but it's everything else, like Cassandra Cain as the Black Bat. 
Stephanie Brown is back or like like that only in the issues of Gates of Gotham. Yeah, really which is a series because a lot of really great moments in there. And uh-huh. I I just went to the comic book store today. I haven't gone in the past month, so I sat down and read all those DC books that I pick up mm-hmm. monthly in one sitting. And saying goodbye to like Cassandra Kane in Gates of Gotham, Red Robin. Yep. I mean, you were still going to have Tim Drake as Red Robin in Teen Titans, but, you know, having a Red Robin book. Or a Robin book. Exactly. Stephanie Brown as Batgirl. Like, it was farewells to all those moments. And there's a lot well, of At least great... you got, what, an 80 pager for Batgirl? No, it was shorter than oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought it, was, it, was... it was standard length. Oh, really? I thought it yeah. was longer. But it had an awesome cover by uh, Nguyen. It, it had a great cover. And honestly, like, each one of those issues had some great moments in it. Yeah. Like, kind of just saying, like, man... Here we are, two years after these series launched. Like, it's been some good stuff, mm-hmm. and especially like, there's some play be- uh, between Cassandra Kane and Tim Drake mm-hmm. in Gates of Gotham. I was like, yeah. we're we're not gonna have it anything was, building off of this. He was he, sitting on a bed, and I'm even just like waiting. Even going back to Red Robin, like there's some great moments for yeah. him. Even just the regular Robin series, like between them. She might be around still. We just don't know. Like I when really love what they set up in the uh, Red uh, Robin issues with Lynx, him and Lynx, yeah. them sharing that kiss, and that leading up to maybe Lynx is going to be his backer or uh, Catwoman. You know, is she you know working for the Hong Kong de- police de- police uh, police department or not? Yeah, is she you lying? Know? Like I thought it'd be. It was an awesome storyline. Yes, I'm right there with it's, you. And it's sad because... There's a lot of stuff. Certain threads are going to carry through to the DCNU, but just not the stuff that I really enjoyed. Like, okay, Barbara Gordon's coming back as Batgirl. Honestly, I I don't care. Like, wow. I... When John's I was, nodding his head in agreement. Like, I, I was filling out my previews for the month of October. John, you ordered the first issue because that was one of your picks. And it's like, I'll read it to mm-hmm. read it, but it's not something I can't wait to read. Yeah. I don't plan on reading the second one. I mean, I, I, I'm picking up the first one because that was my pick, and also part of that pick was at the end of it, who did the best, you know, whose books did the best that they mm-hmm. picked. So I figured that one is going to be a big one. Her, her, her it's returning. It's Simone writing it, which seems like a very interesting book. And, I mean, that's why that was my number one, but am I going to... Not wait? action comics... <laughs> Rated by Grant Morrison. Uh, yeah, because I I, it, I think this one's gonna do better. We had to look at that. I, but I, oh, I don't. Th- I think it's. I think money. I think people are gonna pick it up. Right. That's what I mean by better. Mm-hmm. Because that was the other part of right. those picks. But yeah, I'm not ordering number two. Mm-hmm. If I really like it, maybe I'll try to stop in and pick up number two or day and date. Digital. Digital. See if it's. Worth my continuing on with it? Well, it's the same price, digital. Yeah. No, I know, but I'm saying, like, all right, I'll order number three because number two is pretty good. But I'm not, like, it's not. Well, you, you would have to order number three now. Yeah. You know? That's the thing. None of it works. I don't order. <laughs> I, I but, pick them up when I get there. But, I mean, it's something that, yeah, I I, I don't even know. I don't. This beer screwed me up. I <laughs> it's okay. But, uh, it's, there's uh, so much great stuff that the Batman family books could be working towards right now. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it's just kind of getting cut off because they're, you know, they are going back to Barbara Gordon yeah. as Batgirl. They are cutting her out of the Oracle. Stephanie Brown, they've made mentions they're like she... They're not cutting her out of the Oracle role from as 
as far as I know, she was Oracle. She, she was Oracle. Oracle exists. There might be somebody else as Oracle now, which we've all been kind of seeing in the first episode. And also in Batgirl, Wendy, which is the calculator's daughter. So we're still going to have an Oracle, because that is too important of a character to not have in the new DCU. I, th- I think what Chris is getting to is right. like I understand. I, no, yeah, but like I, just all those characters have out of out of all the DCU, those are the characters who have all matured and gotten to another it, point. It goes in to that their, legacy, which and I love about with. the DCU. Right, and and yeah, and then to say, uh, never mind that. Hey, how about this? It just doesn't make sense for those characters. The DC and the DC universe is built on legacy. And if they get rid of legacy characters, then that's a disservice to the DC universe. Mm-hmm. That's basically what we're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love everything else. Like, I like having... Just Bruce a Wayne. society not existing. Well... That's a huge... That's that's but, where the legacy is all supposed to come from. But here, right? here's the thing. Like, I don't know if anyone else saw this interview, but Dan DiDio mentioned, like, yeah, you know, Justice, uh, Justice League is the first group of superheroes we've seen. But then he said, like, but who's to say there wasn't, a, you know, a secret society of people somewhere back in the shadows that nobody knew about? Like, he said in an interview that, yeah. you know, there could have been someone else, you know, a while ago that people just didn't know about. Kind of like what they kind of hamstringed into or, you know, shoehorned into Smallville. Totally hamstring it in. <laughs> or shoehorned it in with Smallville with, uh, yeah. you know, their, their uh, what was it called? Society? Crap. Or, yeah, it just wasn't that, good. Smallville is horrible. We hour. should not speak of it on this podcast uh, ever. It was I, bad. It was bad. It was bad. DCUNU, I feel, is the small vilification of the DC universe. But it, I, I feel like it's. I think it's better. a great disservice for them not to have a Justice Society in there. Those but should be I the think... first characters that inspired Superman. Superman goes out. Now, Superman has, like, only been active for three years, and all of these other superheroes are running around. You have a Teen Titans, and Superman's only been running around and for three years? That's the thing. Like, it's the timeline, too, that kind of yeah. freaks me out. And it's like, okay, oh, I mean, where does Dick Grayson fall in that? Yeah. If Superman's been around, how long has Only for Batman? three years? And yeah. how old was he when he was Robin? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, 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 plays, it plays with your mind, and you have that fanboy, you know... Press your glasses up, the bridge of your nose, and at point of order, this doesn't make sense. But, I mean, you got to see how it all does come out. And what is going to happen down the line. Because they've said, you know, other books are planning on, you know, branching out of these. Like, these are the ones that we're starting with. You know, yeah, I, I can't imagine them not having a Robin book. Yeah. You know, I really can't. Chris and I have talked about that. It'll be the first time without a Robin book. Since, since like 1990, 1991, like somewhere in there. Yeah, I mean, it's tw- almost 20 years you've had a Robin book. And the fact that it stayed around for that long, the fact that people have loved it, not only loved it, that it's changed hands, Yeah, you know, of, of characters. And it, it's a sidekick book. Yeah. You know, it's not Batman and Robin. It's Robin. Just, it's Robin. You know, Batman might show up. And, like, like, and like I always said... Um, Dick Grayson stepping back into the role of Nightwing is a disservice for him growing up. You know, he kind of grew up to be Batman. Right. And he got that chance to be Batman. But we know... Oh, we always knew that was going to happen, but, like, seeing him with, like, the red emblem 
All right, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see what this Nightwing is about. I want to mm-hmm. see him back in that role and go. Oh, I'm finally rid of that cape and cowl. I can do what I want to do. I can do a quadruple backflip. See, I I don't see him going back to being Nightwing as a step back for the character because that's something he created. Mm -hmm. And he said right in, you know, Battle for the Cow, like, he was coming back to be Batman until there was someone else to do it. And, you know, Bruce is back now. He was was keeping it warm for him. uh, Crazy Man. Yeah. uh, Jason Todd from being Batman because that would have been Batman. And... And, I, and his I, keep the streets safe that his father's built for years, basically. I, I like that. You know, we're still going to have, you know, Jason Todd as the Red Hood. Like, he's, he's got his own book now. Like, how... And to go back to the timeline, okay, so we've got, you know, Tim Drake, we've got Damian Wayne, Jason Todd, and Dick Grayson all operating. Batman's been around for supposedly five years now, so... Yeah, that's really quick succession he, on these been going. He's been burning through kids really quick. But yeah. who... Again, like, it's tough to say because you don't know how things are going to work out, how things are going to ex- be explained, which is, I feel like, why a lot of fans are getting kind of antsy about it. Uh, okay, and how old is Damian Wayne? Because he, if was, that, he was supposedly 8 or 10, yeah. like, somewhere in there in this but, continuity right now. But, that's why it was so creepy. Yeah, okay, he's, alright, he's, you know, 8 to 10, but if Batman's only been around for 5 years... But... Again, DC relaunch. Who knows right. if he's going to be the same character? He might not be Bruce Wayne's son. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. true. So, oh, so confusing. Those are the things we're not. September like, come. So, so the timeline issues, the legacy issues, um, the characters that we liked and grew up with not being there are all kind of issues that we aren't looking forward to. Is there anything that you are looking forward to? being cleaned up to continuity kind of starting fresh and getting rid of a lot of junk in the DC and you. I have to say Wonder Woman is one of those big things for me, but I'll let you guys start. No, I, I feel start. like Wonder Woman is a book that I definitely want to read. I, uh-huh. I don't know if it's something I will buy. Is like just say I was filling out my previous. <laughs> what is it? It's a One of my top five picks. Like, I'm going to have to read that first issue to see mm-hmm. if it's something I can get behind. Like, I like Brian Nazarello. I like Cliff Chang. Does the changing of the pants to shorts make a difference? It really doesn't make a difference to me at all. What the fuck? I don't understand why that's, like, such a point of contention for people. Because like, I think it looks the good with the cover art yeah. has changed. It has. <laughs> it's basically scare- weird to scare a Scarecrow Ale to uh, Root Beer. On the cover of Superman. Yeah. It is stupid. Well, and the thing is, like, while they were doing San Diego Comic-Con, too, like, at the DC panel, Jim Lee was drawing a sketch, and it was actually Wonder Woman, like, with, like, the, you know, star panties on, Uh holding up pants, and then, like, she had a word balloon that said, Dan, make up your mind. (laughs) And I just think it's, like, so funny, because they still don't know, like, like... I don't, I don't know what it's going to be, because on Wonder Woman number one, she's got, like, the garters on. Yeah. But on some of the other stuff you've seen, still it's still pants. Like, I forget what I saw recently. It was well, just, like, within on, the past two days. On the issues, it's still the pants. Yeah. But on the Brian Azzarello, uh, I'm forgetting who's doing it. Cliff Chang. Cliff Chang. It's now the short shorts with the stars on it. And I guess that's where they're going with it. 
Which is an easy fix, I guess, now in the digital age. Yeah, coloring um, is simple, it's just yeah. point and click. It's now just a coloring issue. But I don't understand why it matters. All I want is for Wonder Woman to be a warrior princess. I want her to be the hero that kills. Mm. And the other heroes, DCU, keeping her in balance. Uh, guys, yes, if this was a mortal person that was just robbing a bank, lasso of truth, wait till the cops come. This was an effing demon sent from hell to devour souls and kill people. I put it down. Because there is no reasoning with it. There is no locking this up. This was an effing hellhound from Ares. I got the job done. You're welcome. Don't bitch at me for doing my job. Mm. Especially you, Batman. Go throw your uh, little toys at somebody else. All right. Bracelet, bracelet, punch in the face. I think the DC does need a character like that. Yeah. It's a lot like kind of how Ravager was to the Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. a character that will challenge will people. Cross that line because, yeah, you know, it needs to be done. I don't care. I'll be the character that does it. It's not... Cro- it's not crossing her line. There is definitely a line for Wonder Woman. I will not kill mortal men. But demon hells, demons hells spawns. I gotta get shit done. Mm. There is no decalling this. There is no locking this away. This is a demon that needs to be put down. There are some dangers that need to be killed. Doomsday it needs to be killed. Maxwell Lord. Controlling Superman. But did that happen? Maxwell Lord controlling Superman. Superman should not be killing people left and right. There is no way other to save anybody other than killing exactly. people. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, this is not a mortal man doing small bit things. This is important. Yeah. This has to get done. Yeah. And, and, and I agree that, I mean, that is a Wonder Woman I am interested in reading. Mm-hmm. And, 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 like, when you guys talk about those great Wonder Woman books... That you guys love, like the Greg Ruck and those yeah. things, like and that's the kind of character that they brought out in those. And even the uh, first rate of that relaunched during the '80s, where she came back and she's killing things sent from Haiti, uh, from Ares that are just hell spawns, basically. Yeah, demons. And I mean, like on on the same line as that is something I I am looking forward to. This thing is they are they do have some books that touch on that. Magic. I mean, that's something that you've been talking about since... Uh, set uh, rules uh, for magic. Days of Vengeance. I'm like, just set the freaking rules. Right. You said you were going to do it. And like, okay, we're going to do that. Oh, uh, let's bring John Constantine into the Marvel, or into the DCU. Mm-hmm. Or the NU. And I'm, I've been glad with that. I, I started picking up... Um, the search for Swamp Thing. Search for Swamp Thing, which I really... I was, I really no, it just came out today. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm digging it, and I can't wait for... What is that? Justice League Dark, and uh, even the like the Frankenstein book. Like I'm, I'm interested in seeing those because they have those characters in that mythos, in that magic and stuff. And and here's a way to have them in the DCU instead of just a stranger popping up. Yeah, the Phantom you know. Stranger. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I can understand. Like, it's not really like a cleaning up of continuity or anything, but. I'm really looking forward to the Green Lantern books. I actually got all of them picked in my draft. And it's yeah. be- it's because... Oh, what, five of them? All four, four of them? All four. Because you've got Red Lanterns, Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, and Emerald Warriors. 
It's Who's buying all these green lights? Chris books? Roy is. <laughs> the market can support it. That's you can support it. <laughs> I stopped but buying all those green lights books. I'm, I'm glad that they're continuing on and it's you're not getting relaunched. You are having some changes happen. But Green Lantern number one, Sinestro. Sinestro is going to be in it, but it's stuff that's been set up in the current issues. Yeah. Like it's not like oh, Green Lantern's ending. Here's a new number one. It's it's carrying through. This is a relaunch. This is not Adam Sor giving Hal Jordan the ring. Yeah, it, it's this not is like Sinestro being a Green Lantern again. All of a sudden, being hated by the Green Lanterns, being hunted by the Yellow Lanterns, and Hal Jordan being highball test pilot and it's, nothing more. It's going just. It's a continuation of the story. They're not shaking anything up any more than they would have if you know this was Green Lantern number sixty nine or seventy coming out in September. Mm-hmm. It's just continuation of the story with a different number on the cover, and it's the same way with all the other books too in that Green Lantern family of titles, which I, I really like. Mm-hmm. Like being a huge Green Lantern fan, the fact that I'm not like, oh man, well, what. Where does this happen? Did this story happen? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you know what? Timeline be damned. I think it's safe to assume like that all the Green Lantern stuff we've read, you know, from Rebirth, yeah, like the all the Green Lantern Core stuff, Ignition stuff, like Sinestro Core. This this has all happened. Yeah. Which okay, cool. Like because it's just a continuation. And if for some reason all of the other DC Universe stuff I'm picking up. I can't stand it because it's just too different mm-hmm. or not what I want. Well, hey, Green Lantern is still going to be there. Yeah. Which, it, it's a welcome, like, going home almost. Right. And, I don't know, that's that's our hopes and fears for the DCNU, I guess. Um, and it, it seems like a lot of our fears are actually not, like... Just, oh, they're ruining this, but it's just like... Please don't get rid of the legacy. Exactly. Please make sure the timeline makes some sort of sense. It's it's the little, like, fanboy stuff. Yeah. The stuff that bugged me about X-Men First Class. <laughs> those X-Men First Class. Those movies. Oh, movies. Yeah, that's the segue. We like seeing movies. We like seeing movies, and sometimes we like seeing re-envisioning of movies that you've liked in the past. Much like I actually like the re-envisioning of Fright Night. And this is a movie that I was hemming and hawing about. You were so hemming and hawing. Oh my god, I was not... I was so worried about this movie. Mm -hmm. And it's just because I've... Pretty much since I was probably eight, have loved this series. And you haven't been a big fan of McLovin? I mean, what? He was McLovin, and then he was uh, Red Mist. He was in Superbad. Oh, no, that was McLovin. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Never mind. Uh, But, yeah, this week I got to see uh, the 2011 Fright Night. Um, Really good, really good vampire story. Um... Aside from the fact that it's uh, a vampire moves in next door to a kid who, in this one, is a little more skeptical. He's not the huge horror horror fan as the other one. He doesn't buy Um, into it. It has to be a vampire real quick. And and just gets drawn drawn into this by his friend, uh, Evil Ed. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that friends are disappearing and you chose to be the cool guy you know oh you're so cool brewster mm-hmm. which is from from the first one which mm-hmm. i was glad to see in the second one um and then all of a sudden this guy realizes that holy shit my neighbor is a vampire and not only does he have to try to do it but he's trying to protect his mom his girlfriend and convince uh, a famous uh, magician who has a um, show going on in Las Vegas where the where the uh, movie takes place to help him destroy his vampire. And Colin Farrell does a really good job. I have to say, I probably haven't liked too many of his movies since he played Bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, does a great job as the bad guy. Computer effects, really good. So just, it feels more than a... What was that Nickelodeon show? Are You Afraid of the Dark? Are You Afraid of the Dark episode? Yes. Because the first one, honestly, kind of feels like it could be an Are You Afraid of the Dark yeah. movie. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, the first one is that he gets the rinky-dink old B-vampire mm-hmm. movie actor but the special hosts a TV show. show. Oh, yeah. But, of course, I mean, that movie's from, like, 1985, you know? Right. Of course it's not that great. Uh, this one, everything, everything's really is done extremely, extremely well, and um, I, I, unlike when I went to go see GI Joe, and the more and more the movie went on, the more I scrunched down in my chair and had a scowl on my face and right. was just. So I still don't get what you guys were going in expecting because it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. Expecting something a little bit more. I was a bigger G.I. Joe fan. I'm they sorry. decided that they wanted to cash in on the Iron Man and have those ghost suits. What makes you go? <laughs> you do. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, I mean, unlike unlike that, I actually, I, from the movie, from the time it started, I, I was going to give the movie a chance. And it it captured everything I'd want out of it and did a, a great job with it. Sure. And uh, David Tennant, brilliant in the movie. And that was one oh, of the things we you were worried about, too. Because, I, I like, was worried about, the, and, until I heard David Tennant was in it, I was like, okay, because who could play Peter Vincent? And I was like, David Tennant, all right. Yeah. And then I was like, and then like I any fanboy. And then, <laughs> like, well, you know what? To, to David play, Tennant is that guy that makes me nervous about any movie being announced. Oh, David, David Tennant's going to be here. Oh, this has to be just some fan-wish dream thing. And and then I you know and then you see like oh man he's in like he's got long hair he's got the goth beard and everything and you're worried and then you know they go a step away from that and they they bring it all back to you and I I just think they did a really good job with the film hmm. I would recommend it I'm looking forward to seeing it we should go sometime I would love to we have free passes we do I would love to see it also again. you can't come Paul you don't have a free pass. <laughs> Well, a movie I was looking forward to seeing was uh, actually 30 minutes or less. Yes, the movie based on the uh, event from a couple years ago where the pizza delivery guy got kidnapped, had a bomb strapped to his chest, and was then told he had to rob a bank for someone. I saw Um. this movie. Honestly, I I had a lot of fun with this movie because that's honestly all it has in common with it. Pizza delivery guy gets kidnapped. Who's played by? Who's played by Jesse Eisenberg. Whose best friend is? is a guy named Shet played by Aziz Ansari, which really made me want to see this movie. Right. Like, I, Aziz Ansari. I, I, don't, I don't like Jesse Eisenberg. Like, I think he's okay. I liked him in Zombieland. Um, this actually had the same director as Zombieland. 
uh, Ruben Fleischer. Um, and, you know, that was kind of the other thing. I was like, okay, you know what, I'll check this movie out. Um, also starring Danny McBride and Nick Swartzen as the two bumbling uh, guys that set him up to rob the bank. Um, but it was it was a fun movie. Like, it had a lot of just, like, dumb, stupid humor that didn't get a laugh because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's something Danny McBride would just say because he's Danny McBride. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Aziz Ansari stuff, like, he's just great. Like, I think he's hysterical. <laughs> is he just Tom Hefford? That's pretty much how he is, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. But, you know, it has a lot of just, like, great, like, play between him and Jesse Eisenberg. A lot of, like, fun one-liners. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a buddy heist comedy, and it, it was fun. Uh, definitely a movie I'd like to see, and if I don't get to see it in theater as soon as it does come out in DVD, it's definitely I would really want to see. Definitely I mean, worth. It's Netflixable. I was gonna say definitely worth Redbox or Netflix. Yeah, that's. Yeah. What I, I'm not saying I'd buy it, but if I, it's okay. if it's a movie you're on the fence about, you know what? I had no problem paying to see it just because I love Aziz. Like I think he's one of the funniest guys. I haven't seen either of these two movies. I'm still leaning more towards Fright Night. Well, I think that's more to your sensibilities. Just because of David Tennant, one of my favorite doctors. And you did you did enjoy the original. It was one of my favorite from that first October Horror Fest that we've done. Which will be coming up Which pretty will soon. be coming yeah, up we'll soon. Coming we're, up on another Horror Fest. And we're, we're actually going to, we were talking, we're going to do cult favorite movies. And if our listeners, I'm sure, have suggestions they should email us contact at megnaboardcast.com put it up on the Facebook put it on the Facebook said wall like everyone can see it and then people can discuss them yeah even more put it up on the Facebooks Facebook 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 because I wasn't sure if it was Cast or just Bagnaboard no just Bagnaboard Millbury just Bagnaboard just Bagnaboard on the Facebooks you know how to find us yeah we're easy to get a hold of we got that great picture done of us Crazy on the Facebooks, the, or if you want to hit me up on uh, the Google Plus, Paul McGowan. There you go, <laughs> done. One. Well, that's going to wrap us up for this week. So make sure you tune in next week when it's going to be a very special episode. Um, just like last summer, we did the uh, King of the Crap Beers. This year, we're doing, I guess, the Prime Minister of <laughs> Crap Beers of the World. And we're not going to have any real conversation. If there's something you want to hear us talk about, please email us in. If, if there's something you want us to slur about. Yeah, yeah we're going to be seriously just sitting outside drinking all day. And that's what we're planning on. And also just maybe cooking up some dogs and hamburgers and just enjoying ourselves for the summer. So email us, contact at bagnumboardcast.com. Facebook us, we'll all post it up. Bagnumboard. Till next week, uh... I hope all your reboots fit snugly. I hope all your relaunches are soft relaunches.